Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. It is a full house, folks. Full house. I expect that Stamus guy to come uh, running in here any moment now. I I think of Tim (laughs) as our resident John Stamos. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I see it. I right. do. I, I always, I always I, hoped I was Uncle Joey, to be honest. No, but no you're you're more stamus to me. No, I expect Wayne you to is... sell me. I expect Tim to sell me some yogurt any moment now. Yeah, and Wayne yeah. is definitely the Uncle Joey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happy go lucky. Although I'm really a depressed, horrible person, but outwardly happy go lucky, corny, makes bad jokes that aren't actually funny. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely the joke or yep. the uh, yeah. The Used Joey. to date Alanis Morissette. It's totally Wayne. Does that make Does that make Paul and I the Olsen twins? Yes. <laughs> you're, you're definitely Bob Saget. Yeah, you are fair. definitely the Bob Saget. I don't know who I am. Uh, there There were only three people in that. There were three dudes in that house. I guess I am the Olsen twins. I can see that. I can yeah. totally see that. I'm both in yeah. one. I mean, yeah, we're constantly wrangling you. Yeah. Because technically, there was only one in the show, right? Like, they played the same character. Yeah. I figured you were the Danny of the show, the one that's bankrolling everything. (laughs) You just don't realize it because we take your card. Well, there's that. Mm. (laughs) I was going to say Kimmy Gibbler, but that's fine. Oh, Gibbler. I could be the Gibbler. Yeah, I could be the Gibbs. Oof. (laughs) Oh, no. uh, Jonathan was the Gibbs. (laughs) Hey, Jonathan was the Giblets. Um, <laughs> so just so you guys know, this is what we're talking about for the next 45 minutes. That's no. right. <laughs> it's, it's really not. It, it's not. What instead we're going to talk about first is this week's new animated release from DC Entertainment, the Batman Gotham by Gaslight adaptation. Uh, came out this week on Blu-ray, DVD, and I guess that's it. It came out digitally a couple weeks back, but... Um, I picked it up on Blu-ray this week. Aaron, I don't know what format you picked it up in. I, I did it as a uh, digital rental. Oh, okay. And uh, because and, and let me tell you why I did that. The, I have gotten burned on the last couple of DC animated features. And I'm like, wow, you know, I bought it on Blu-ray and I literally don't think I'll ever watch this thing again. Yeah. Um, That's and, why I'm going to listen to your opinion before I spend any money. And, you know, so I spent $6 on the on the digital rental. And I got to say, I'm like, God damn it, I wish I'd bought this. Yeah, it's good. it's fantastic. It is good. And so I will, um, you know, I picked it up on Blu-ray. And like Aaron, I was hesitant. I was like, maybe I should just rent this first. Uh, but I'm like, no. The completionist in me was like, don't do that. You have all the other shitty films. You might as well buy another <laughs> shitty film. You need a complete <laughs> Shitty film set. You need the full <laughs> shit set. Yeah. Um, so I, I picked it up, uh, you know, because I pick up all the steel books, the Target exclusive steel books. Uh, picked it up at Target, um, and I. It is not the fastest paced DC movie. It is not, you know, it is not just a mile a minute action like some of the others. Um, but I got to tell you. Uh, I, I thought it was a fantastic film. It really picks up, and in, in, you know, the second half of the film is is fantastic. I thought the pacing worked well for the story. Yes. Um, I, I didn't have an issue with the pacing. I will say, because it's only like an hour, 18 minutes, something like that. Including uh, it's not a Yeah, it's not a long film. Uh, and there was a moment, because you know, it has been a, a little bit since I read Gotham by Gaslight. But I'm like, I they must be really deviating from the story, because it seems by now that Bruce Wayne should have been arrested, right? And, you know, it... it that happens 
pretty late in the show. It does. Um, so they, you know, it feels like, you know, and again, I'm going strictly off of memory here. It feels like they rearrange some things or they repaste some things. But I got to tell you, you know, one of my arguments about uh, these DC animated features has been the manner in which they block the scenes, uh, that the, the, the characters don't really occupy the space. You know, it just feels like, you know, here's random CG setting. Let's plug in the animation. Right. Um, but no, I, I felt like the, the characters very much lived in the environment. In fact, I got to say, I think it's some of the best fight scenes we have seen in the DC animated feature. I agree. Um, I mean, the, 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 the fight, the, the three-way fight between, uh, Selena, Batman and the Ripper, you know, that, that first encounter that yeah. the three of them have was fantastic. Well, and I think part uh, of it is that in the, in this film, the fight sequences, I mean, there are a few exceptions that are a bit, a bit more spectacular, but the fight sequences are fight sequences, right? Yeah. It's not big special effects, shooting guns, lasers, right. or anything like that. It is, you know, this, this, if for anyone not familiar with Gotham by Gas, like this is an Elseworlds tale, the first Elseworlds tale ish. Yeah. The first official Elseworlds tale. Um, where Batman has been, uh, it's basically a different Batman, uh, a, a, an alternate reality Batman that takes place in Victorian London, and he is um, dealing with the Jack the Ripper murders. And so the the story of the movie is loosely adapted from it. Con con conceptual, it's there. There are, are sequences, like Aaron said, out of order. The killer is different, so you don't know what's going to happen. The killer yeah, is different I, than I, it was in the book. I, exactly, and that's one of the things, like, I, you know, I'm like, it can't be who it's supposed to be, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, so it was kind of nice to have that sort of surprise twist. I actually I, didn't. I I was actually surprised by the twist. Yeah, same here. Same I here. love the sound of that. That it's that they took the time to do a different killer. I mean, I just assumed it was going to be a translation straight from the book. No, I think it they was did. Not. And they so Aaron, you bought this digitally. Did it include any bonus features? Not a single one. So there is a half-hour documentary. Um, on the Blu-ray that features uh, the, the, you know, it's about the creation of the original graphic novel as well as the creation of the movie. And it was an intentional choice to deviate uh, from that so that people would still be able to enjoy the film without under, without just knowing where it's going to go. Right. Um, and so um, they actually talk about that. And even though sadly, Mike Mignola is mentioned a ton of times, he's not actually interviewed, <laughs> uh, but Brian Augustine, who actually wrote the book, Right. Um, is is interviewed pretty extensively in that. Uh, I thought it was a great film. I really am glad well, I purchased it. I will probably be revisiting it as well. Well, and I, I'll, I'll be picking it up on Blu-ray. Uh, you know, so damn you, DC. You got my rental, and now you're going to get my purchase. Um, I thought Bruce Greenwood uh, voicing Batman and Bruce Wayne was a strong choice. I think he's got a good voice for that. He was serviceable uh, for the role, right? I mean, it was a different thought, voice than we're normally hearing, I guess. I think it was good for the setting. Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily need Bruce Greenwood being my, you know, standard, you know, uh, contemporary Batman. But I thought he worked well for the period. Um, is, is, is he up for a funny for best Bruce voicing a Bruce? Just... <laughs> nice choice. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought Captain Pike from the uh, Kelvin universe of Star Trek uh, worked well here. Um, some casting that I thought was interesting. Anthony Stewart Head from uh, Buffy voiced uh, Alfred. Oh, he did. I mean, Alfred yeah. has very minimal That's time interesting. in the film. Yeah. And 
Uh, Bruce Tim actually made an appearance. He was the uh, radio voice uh, that you hear in Arkham Asylum. Ah, uh, I could I could get that. Yeah. And and the one that jumped out at me because I, I I was having a hard time picking out voices in, in the show and uh, but the one that jumped out at me like oh I know who that is uh, the character Marlena Mahoney uh, you know the the older woman who uh, is the witness. Yes. Right. That is Tara Strong, who plays Harley Quinn. Yes, I did. Uh, I mean, I thought that was pretty, pretty I, clear. Yeah, I'm like, well, that's Harley Quinn. When is she going to jump out and all of a sudden, ah, I'm Harley Quinn? You know? Yeah, I, I expected that. Um, and Jennifer Carpenter, for Dexter fans, plays uh, yes. Selena Kyle in this film. But the singing voice for uh, Selena Kyle was uh, Gray DeLisle who has also uh, got some uh, voice credits for, for DC animated. She also, and this cracked me up. She did the voice for Jason. And I was like, ah, Jason's voiced by a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One last, one last casting note. I wanted to point out commissioner Gordon uh, in, in the show is voiced by uh, uh, Scott Patterson, otherwise known as TV's Luke from Gilmore girls. So, you know, it's a little something for the ladies. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it, you know what? It's it's a good film. And for Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is a good film, and I do recommend checking it out, especially if you're a fan of the original graphic novel, which, is there anyone who's not? I mean, does anyone not like that original graphic novel? Um, it's just It was so trend-setting in its day. I mean, Elseworlds wouldn't have existed without it. Yeah. Um, so, Gotham by Gaslight, thumbs up from what? me. I hope it does well enough that they come back and do what is it? The horror comes to Gotham. Uh, Uh, That was was another one. um, But the one after it, I think, was Master of the Future, I think, was also written by Brian Augustine. Yeah. And I I would I would love to see them do something in the same setting again. Agreed. Agreed. Or more Elseworlds. I'm sure they will do a Superman Red Sun at some point. Uh, I think that is actually already in production. Yeah, I agree. I thought I saw something that's already in production. Now, sadly, the next DC animated film that is coming out is called Suicide Squad Hell to Pay, um, which uh, they have a trailer for it in the um, in the bonus features on the, the Blu-ray. Well, that and, sounds terrible. And oof, oof. <laughs> so they are going with um, a strong grindhouse movie vibe, which means like, I mean, they're going extreme violence on it. Um, you know, kind of this grindhouse feel. Christian Slater plays Deadshot. Uh, Tara Strong as Harley Quinn. Vanessa Williams as Amanda Waller. Um, Liam McIntyre from Spartacus as Captain Boomerang. Um, I mean, a, a, a pretty decent cast. See Thomas Howell as Professor Zoom. But it oh, is, uh, it, it's, I'll, it's, I don't know. See- C. Thomas Howell is always a mark of a fine film. Oh, clearly. Always. I mean, just yeah, like I mean, Christian is- Slater. Yeah, that is a high watermark. <laughs> that saddens me because I love the salt on Arkham. I mean, it might be lot. good. It it doesn't. It's just, I don't know. It's it's. I get. I appreciate them trying to do different things. I do, and you know, sometimes it leads to success, like this or the Gods and Monsters Justice League. Um, sometimes not. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'll still watch it. I'll probably still buy the fucker because I'm because I'm an idiot. But you know. <laughs> Oh, Paul. Uh, well, speaking of idiotic things, did you guys read about the uh, the Joker movie news this week? Nope. Nope. I wait I for you not. to tell me the news. <laughs> yeah, Paul, this, this segment is called Paul Reads Us the News. Well, I, so I, I, I read it, Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. You can ask his Aaron. <laughs> so, two 
relatively big movie news um, things from DC Enter from I guess DC Entertainment. Um, they you know they had announced previously that uh, Martin Scorsese was executive producing and Todd Phillips will be writing and directing a Joker origin story, not set within the confines of the DC EU, um, but a separate Joker movie. Uh, we we talked at length about our feelings about that, but this week um, it has been announced that Joaquin Phoenix is in negotiations to play the Joker in that film. And uh, I hate Joaquin Phoenix, guys. Like, I I hate that guy with a passion. I strongly dislike every performance I've ever seen of Joaquin Phoenix's. Except Signs. I mean, I think Signs is literally the only Joaquin Phoenix movie I can stand. (laughs) 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 I just, but you know, he he does. There is something about Joaquin Phoenix that creeps me out. So maybe he'll work well as Joker. Yeah, there's something about Jared Leto that creeps me out, too. And that didn't work so well. That's that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but in better movie news, at least for me, huh. um, DC is in negotiations uh, and it is pending a rewrite of the script to get the budget down um, to get Michael Bay to direct a Lobo movie. Oh, God. What? No, that's awesome. That's a perfect that's choice. Actually, that's actually yeah. a good match. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, because it's See, destruction porn, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. torn because I hate Lobo. But if somebody's going to make a Lobo movie, you can't get better than Michael Bay yeah. for mindless destruction and explosions. and Well, and dirty humor, right? Like, I, I mean, you know, this is the guy who had dogs humping in his Transformers movie. I mean, I kind of feel like he has the right sensibility for a who Lobo. Who Devastator right? had balls. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's seen Pain and Gain, I mean, it's not a great film, but I think Michael Bay has the right sense of hu- dark sense of humor for a Lobo film. I, I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is the Transformer movies are unwatchable. Well, That's there true. is that. But you, <laughs> you know, know if he goes Ninja Turtles, I'm in. If he goes Transformers, which I'm pretty sure that's the way it would go on a Lobo movie, like, ugh. But you know what? Like, every movie, because Michael Bay has done, like, a Transformers movie, then another movie, then a Transformers movie, then another movie. Like, his in-between films have been actually pretty good. It's the Transformers that have been bad. Um... So I, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for this Lobo movie. And the fact is, um, the original screenplay was um, like when it came in, uh, they ended up, you know, they read it, they did their budgeting and they, they're like, this is going to cost two $200 million. And Michael Bay actually said, you need to get the budget down on this for me to do it. So the fact that he's actually trying to do it more slim, um, yeah, that, that, that gives me hope. I, I'm still I, stuck with the between movies being good because I'm struggling to think of a Michael Bay movie that I would call good. Well, there Ninja was, Turtles was pretty good. I uh, hated the Ninja Turtles. Uh-huh. His Ninja Turtles. I liked them. And he did that. It was um, was it sixteen hours, thirteen hours, um, Four, fourteen hours, fourteen hours. I thought right, that film was damn good. I haven't what? seen that one. What was the movie? I can't remember the the name of the movie. It was uh, Nicolas Cage and Steve Buscemi, and it was the Con transporting. Air? Pri- yeah, Con Air. That he, was actually a pretty good movie. He didn't direct it, but I'm sure he had wow. a good movie. Con Air was like 20 years ago, though. <laughs> well, I, I have to reach back because he's made I'm, so much crap. I won't. Watch I was going to say, there's like, that. You know that one time when Paul did something cool back in 2003. That was amazing. He's did also he not, the producer of he, the Purge films. Did he not make Con Air? I thought he did. No, that was Bruckheimer. Um, but the director, oh, right. I think, was right. Simon West, if I yeah. if I remember correctly. Um, 
and he's produced he produced um he's producing uh the new Jack Ryan TV series which looks pretty good too. That that new Jack Ryan series does look good. Yeah. I got to be honest though Aaron, I could see why you'd mess it up mess that up because that 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 might be like Michael Bay's inspiration is <laughs> Oh yeah. I mean like every Jerry Bruckheimer film in the 90s basically seemed like they had the same director. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not looking for a cinematic masterpiece with Lobo. I'm just looking no. to be able to watch the thing because the camera's not shaking. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Okay, and he direct he directed The Rock. Yeah. There you go. I have to well, go back to '96, but and he I directed you, The Rock. I, I always thought The Rock and Con Air were directed by the same guy. So, and I got to be honest, I think The Rock's the only person that can play Lobo. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's be fair. He's already he's already Black Adam though, so they got to get someone else. They're not going to do it, but like find someone else who can do that role. You put a wig on him, nobody will know. Fair. <laughs> no, I'm I'm really he also directed Armageddon and Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2. Um yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm I think here's the thing. I hope it happens. I I used to love Lobo. I mean, I genuinely enjoyed that character when he first came out. With Paul, the, when did you fall out of love with Lobo? Uh, pretty quickly, um, you, you know. But the Keith Giffen story, the <laughs> uh, Mark Texiera art, I loved that stuff. It was only basic. It was like after the '90s when um, they they neutered him, basically. You know, like they brought him into the DC universe, and he's guest starring in Superman and stuff like that. Um, that that's I, when I really no. kind of like stopped digging Lobo. I've never liked Lobo. I put him in a category. There are certain types of characters I really dislike. I put him in the same category of those obnoxious characters. Lobo, uh, Damian Wayne, and Guy Gardner. Those are the three DC characters that I lump together, and I just dislike all three. Dude, those are three of the best DC characters. Well, I mean, two of them are some of the best DC characters ever. No, I. you know what? There was a run with, like, Kid Lobo and Young Justice that I really liked, but oh, yeah. that's about it for me. But I, you know what, I I would probably go to this movie. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie, yeah, because it's probably gonna be ridiculous. And you know what, as a Michael Bay film, you know it'll have a kick-ass trailer, regardless. <laughs> right, it'll suck in. Yeah. So this week from DC Comics, we got the newest issue of Batman, which I think probably um, everyone who read it probably made it their first book read this week because we wanted to see if Batman and Wonder Woman did the nasty. At least, I mean, like I jumped on that book right away. Like yeah, I read no, it before it was, I went to work that day. Yeah, it was my it was my first book. Uh, like, did they do week. it? Did they do it? Yeah. This is the most unrealistic book in the DC universe. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you know, they were there for like 13 years or something and never did it. Um, I, I mean, it would have been like 13 days for me. For me, I mean, it's Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, come on, <laughs> come on, Batman. Yeah, no. Uh, it, it's not like these two don't have history. Uh huh. Yeah. Come on, come on. I said 13 years, but it was more like they. I'm showing 37 years. They were there 37 years, which I don't get. But that I mean, I get, but I don't get because it's like they sort of look like they're aging. Because, but maybe that's just the lighting. I don't oh, know. No. Yeah, they—they they, apparently they didn't age. I think they were just tired. They're just haggard. And Batman was just drained from all the masturbating he was doing. <laughs> God, <laughs> cranking God, it right. Your children just, would hang so low. Just, God. just bat cranking it. <laughs> Batsturbating. 
So to get to get to the, the story on this guy, um, it, it's two part. One part is the, the fighting inside of this like Gahana or whatever, where they're holding off the hordes of, of demons and then or whatever they are. And then the other side where you've got the, the gentleman uh, getting to uh, have one day, which doesn't turn into one day. Um, I, while I like this book, I, I kind of like the first one a little better. Yeah. I, I think it was just because the setup was, was more interesting. And this was one beat. Well, it was, you know, it was, it was the beat of, okay, Selena pushing this guy to get back to his post, basically. And then you had the beat of will they, won't they, which they answered pretty quickly. It, he's got kind of a Did shitty they, job. Didn't though. they? He, he, he's got kind of a shitty job, this gentleman guy, right? I mean, it's a he, terrible. Uh, I mean, he's got to fight in into perpetuity all these uh, the sins of man, right? Uh, it's just uh, it, it just seems awful terrible, and that he never gets to quit. He can have a day off, but he never gets to quit. That. Uh, that sucks. I mean, I think he needs to unionize or uh, get some kind of representation because he, he needs a better gig. So to answer Wayne's question about Diddy, um, uh, <laughs> that's best answered in the last panel <laughs> where, she's, where they're talking about it. And Catwoman says, 37 years of Wonder Woman, were you bad? And Batman says, not bad, but not good enough. <laughs> that was, that's the answer, Wayne. <laughs> I thought there was a, a really wow. nice exchange between uh, Bruce and, and Diana when, you know, they're, they're, it's one of their their uh, moments that uh, quiet moments. They're, they're both eating. And, you know, he talks about, you know, uh, missing the his dog Ace. And, uh, you know, she goes and she says, well, I miss my kangaroo. And you know he turns and looks at her and you know, there's this moment pause. You have a kangaroo. Uh, well, I, I don't talk about it, she says. And he's like, OK. Another moment of silence. Her name's Jumpa. She sounds nice, he says. She is nice, she says. And I miss her. And of course, you know, the, the, I think that's the first time since Crisis on Infinite Earths that we have mentioned Wonder Woman's kangaroo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it has been a long time in, in the regular continuity. I mean, I think they've, they've done it over in, in some of the uh, kitty books, but uh, I, I was highly amused about the, the introduction of her kangaroo jumper. <laughs> I'm really glad that Bruce wasn't uh, judgmental considering well, he has a cow in the bat cave. That's right. That there is a cow in the bat cave. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> bat cow. Just chewing grass right next to a huge penny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a good book. It was a good book. I, you know, it, was, I, I, yeah. it wrapped up. Um, it wrapped up well. Um, I'm, 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 I'm glad they didn't do it because I would have added an unnecessary complication with the wedding of Batman and Catwoman. But um, it's still unbelievable. Yeah. Do you guys? <laughs> it is unbelievable. Do you guys sort of want to see him go through the Justice League with with Catwoman? Kind of like the Super Friends was with, with with Clark Kent, and then they went to this with Wonder Woman. Like, I sort of want to see. Like, is he gonna be like, "Hey, Aquaman, this is Catwoman"? Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I think this is the end of the storyline, but it would be interesting because they established <laughs> this like strong friendship bond with Barry Allen in the the Button crossover. Like, what does Barry Allen think about this? He's a criminal yeah, it, investigator, you know, like he a forensics guy. He should know. Like, she's a criminal. I was about to say none of the others are worth a full issue, but then I rem then I remembered Flash, and Flash would be worth 
one issue and eh, Green Lantern not so much because there's just no one else that I care about in the Justice League enough for a whole issue with a Batman friendship. You oh, know, I, I can't wait for the six the six issue cyborg conversation. I can't <laughs> I can't wait for for well I think they had it a little bit but because. They they had it when they were in the in the Middle East, but like I'd really like to see a conversation between him and Dick Grayson about this. Absolutely, yeah, that would be worth an issue. So we have not talked about uh, Batman White Knight uh, since issue three, and uh, issue five came out this week. Um, and I want to I want to uh, hop back to issue four because there, there's there are two pages in issue four that uh, I just want to mention real quickly. Uh, of course, Batman White Knight tells the story of, of Joker going straight. Right. And he's no longer crazy. He's Jack Napier and he's man of the people, Jack Napier. And there are two pages that I, I in, in issue four that I think are just. Uh, very affecting and I think just beautifully done. And it is, it is a, uh, these pages are preceded by Harley uh, uh, telling Jack Napier, take me out on the date. And I don't know if you guys recall this. I don't know when you read, read issue four, but I read issues four and five together last night. And uh, it is this beautiful sequence of them being out on the town. You seeing the two of them interact as, you know, normal people as opposed to crazy people. And these are gorgeous pages, and there is a a post coitus scene that uh, you know they're nude through on all of these pages, but it is done so it is drawn so intimately, and I'm not talking about it's not uh, provocative, it's just it's tender, uh, and I was very affected by these pages. I just I thought these were just so beautifully done. I didn't want to let it go by without talking b- about them before we hop into issue five. Well, Aaron, it's funny you mentioned those pages because if you follow Sean um, Murphy on Twitter yep. uh, or Instagram, you'll find that those pages were edited. Um, so, <clears throat> I mean, should you want to see uh, drawn Harley boobs? Like he he drew he drew her naked in that sequence. Well, you could tell he did, and they put the text boxes over. Yeah, but and that was a DC mandate to cover to cover them up with the text boxes. Right. So, um, but he you know he originally did he he drew the characters naked, and he has the unedited page unedited pages on his Instagram. So you know if you're into that kind of kink, Sean Murphy. (laughs) Well, and again, but I'd have to do Instagram. I'm sure you can find him on Twitter. And what I found so interesting about is, I mean, you can see you know provocatively drawn sexual situations in all kinds of books, right? What I found so interesting about those pages is that they genuinely felt tender. It didn't seem like, oh, this is hot, sexy time. It felt like two people who genuinely care about each other, enjoying each other's company and having a real conversation uh, in that tender moment. That's what I liked about those pages. I think, you know, uh, Scott Murphy did a brilliant job in the visual storytelling. Because you saw the seduction and the love. I mean, not just the, ooh, I'm hot for you, but I genuinely care about you. I have tender feelings about you. Uh, it, I, I just thought those two pages were beautifully done. Yeah, I, I would agree. It, it, was a, it was a well done sequence. Absolutely. Yeah. And that said, you know, this uh, uh, White Knight story, which is kind of an Elseworlds story, I guess, uh, you know, because it takes place outside of regular continuity and, you know, Batman is a very different Batman and Jack Napier slash Joker is a very different, you know, character. I kind of wish this Joker going straight story 
was in the regular continuity. Not that I want the same Batman, but I kind of want the same Joker. Yeah, they would have to change quite a bit because they they did make things different in the uh, the history of the characters. Absolutely. But you're right. This this could have been a really good story that would have grown out of that uh, the Joker story where Batman and Joker both lost their memories. Yeah. This would have been a very logical growth out of that story. You know, after Batman comes back, then then Napier comes back versus Joker coming back. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, the, the artwork is just stunning in this series. Yeah. I, 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 I love that everybody has their own look. I love how moody the pages are. Uh, you know, when Batman is on the page, the the, pa- the the pages just ripple with rage. Uh, I mean, you can you can feel it. Uh, I, I, I just thoroughly enjoy this, this this series. Yeah, this issue, I really loved the conversation between Batman and Harley. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a standout moment, right? That going back to the history of, you know, he bought Harley a dress at one point. And that he always wanted Harley there because Harley kept Joker in check. Yeah. Well, and so Sean Gordon Murphy on, I, I don't know, I guess it was Twitter or something this week, has hinted that, um, you know, even though this is an eight-issue series, he already has plans for a White Knight 2. Uh, so um, the series seems to be doing well, and he has plans for future series as well. So, I mean, that's, that's good news because we do enjoy this. I will say, you know, Aaron, you mentioned this being an Elseworlds tale. I do wish they had just plopped the Elseworlds logo on it. I, I don't know why DC yeah. is averse to doing that. Um, I don't either. Perhaps it, perhaps it actually does affect sales when people see that Elseworlds. Maybe it affects sales negatively because people know it doesn't count, whereas yeah. the layman will see Batman White Knight and just pick it up. Right. Um, so th- perhaps there's there's got to be some logic behind it, um, but it is a bummer. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you what what I what I find so interesting about this series is that Jack Napier makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm like, yeah, I I, I I I agree with him. You know, if Batman was serious about stopping crime in Gotham, he would be sharing some of his technology with Gotham police. You know, they'd have some of that, uh, you know, special Kevlar that uh, the Batman has. Um, and I love the the concept of the, you know, Gotham Terror Oppression Unit, uh, you know, the, a, a whole squad of Batman, as it were, under the, the auspices of Gotham Police. I love it. This book is fantastic. A, a big hit. And I was so doubtful of it in the beginning. You know, uh, with the artist storyteller thing, uh, being both the writer and the the visual storyteller had me concerned, but he is doing a knockout job on this book. Well, excuse me, going from the DC side of the house to the Disney slash Marvel side of the house, you know, this past weekend was the Super Bowl. And in conjunction with the Super Bowl, we saw some trailers released uh, both Sunday and the following Monday. And actually, all through the week, it's been a, kind of a big Disney-related um, trailer week. Did you guys see the full trailer for Solo? I did. I uh, I think it looks better than I expected. I mean, I should yeah. have known Ron Howard being involved, and Ron Howard's a, a skilled movie director. Um, but, you know, given the troubled production, I was like, eh, maybe it'll look like crap. But no, it looks damn good. No, I thought it looked pretty sharp. I thought it looked pretty sharp. On the uh, the flip side, there was an Infinity War teaser, another teaser that came out during the Super Bowl. And uh, 
You know, guys, it's like I want to like I want to be more excited, but it's just like it, it, for me, it just feels like a bunch of still images of, of the characters like, you know, we're not we're not getting anything from the movie yet. No, Story I completely ones. agree. Completely. Yeah, agree. I, I am really excited about Infinity War, but it's not the trailers that's doing it. It's just knowing the characters are all coming together, yeah. that you're going to have Spider-Man in the Avengers movie and how big this is going to be. The Guardians meeting the Avengers and all that. It's not the trailers itself that are hyping me for it. Yeah, I think I think Disney slash Marvel is riding on the fact that we know all these characters and we are invested in the storyline. And to a certain extent, they're right. Um, however, none of the it feels like even when the, the first Star Wars uh, Force Awakens trailer came out, right? There was there was a wow moment in there, seeing the Millennium Falcon, you know, zooming all over the 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 sands of Jakku. Like there hasn't been a wow moment in any of the Infinity War. Uh, footage that I've seen, and I feel like they need to inject some of that into some of these trailers to get folks more excited for it. And no, go ahead. I was just going to say I completely agree. There's there's nothing on screen yet uh, in terms of a trailer for Infinity War that, that's got that holy crap that looks awesome. Yeah, it's true, yeah. but does doesn't it does have that feel of getting getting the band together? It does. It, it does. Like the, like it the, the, exciting. Yeah, it does. But that also that that's probably why you're not seeing that. They're thinking well, just showing you Thor next to the Guardians of the Galaxy is enough to get you this movie. And it, they're right. I mean, it is. Yeah, they're right. it is for me. <laughs> I mean, it'll still make a, over a billion dollars. It'll probably be the number one money making film this year. I can't think of anything um, that's going to get anywhere near it. Well, um, according to everything I've read this week, Black Panther is going to be a huge effing movie. Oh, God, I can't wait. It looks so good. That comes out yeah. next week, guys. It's, it is apparently the best reviewed Marvel movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. So they I say I, that about every I, Marvel movie that comes out. So I'm still holding think, judgment, but <laughs> I think I'm the only one in the world that the trailer does nothing for. I love the trailer. I love the trailer. Yeah, I, I love the character. I am super looking forward to this film. I've and, never and, been a fan of the character, and I just don't. Nothing in any of the trailers has made me want to see this movie. And, I still don't even know what it's about. And Paul loves the soundtrack. Right. You know, the soundtrack is uh, okay. You know, I, 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 <laughs> that's, Paul, you told, that's where you it told fell me off. You loved the soundtrack. You told me it was awesome yesterday. No, I didn't. You did. You said. You said the soundtrack has changed my life. I said no such thing. <laughs> I, I, I said I, there I are a couple of very good standout <laughs> tracks. If you are a Kendrick Lamar fan, you will like the Black Panther soundtrack. Um, there, it, it's there are really some great tracks on it, but uh, overall, just you know, I mean, it's not a bad album, but it's it's got about five or six really great tracks on it. Um, you know, to me, this movie was sort of a meh. Like, you know, go to this, eh. but you know, hearing all these hearing all these positive reviews, it's kind of it's turning me around a little bit. Like, yeah, maybe I will go see it. I'm going to go see it Thursday night and, uh, you know, I'll let you guys, I, I'm, I'm, is anyone watching it in time for next week's recording? Uh, I might, I might, I was, I was a little concerned. I, I, for in my head, I thought it came out this weekend and there was no way I was going to be able to see it this weekend, but I might be able to see it next week yeah. before record time. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm hearing all of these, the pre-sales are going nuts on it. And that tells me that this is going to be a really crowded movie, even with like, I think I have a problem at this point, probably even finding reserved seats for it. And since I'm not excited about it, I, I'm not going to rush out and see it. So I won't see it before next week. Well, I'll let you guys know how awesome it is. 
Well, maybe I'll let you know how awesome it is, Paul. Well, you know what? We can let each other know how awesome it is and, you know, how awesome that new Venom trailer is, right? I mean, it looks so, so good. I haven't seen it. Oh. <laughs> Has anybody seen it? I, I, I have not, but, you know, Venom is so not my jam. Uh, that's so, a negative, uh, boss. Oh, my God. Yeah, no one saw I, the Venom trailer. There's not even. Well, I, let me. Spoiler warning on. There's no Venom in the Venom trailer. Um, you know, I I saw some comments online. They're like, that's because it's a teaser, man. It's a teaser. I'm like, it's, you know, we're in a different time. Like, you got to show Venom in the damn teaser trailer. Um, it, it, it looks like a Netflix movie. Uh, uh, it, you know, it, you, oh. see, you see, you see some <laughs> some shady, you see some shady lab equipment. You see a car crash. You see Tom Hardy like looking crazy, but you don't actually see any venom. I mean, you see a symbiote behind glass, but it, you know, it just looks like a a shaky blob type thing. It looks like jello. See, yeah. I used to really love venom, but they've done horrible things with and to the character, and I have no faith in Sony making a good Venom movie at all. Well, like this, zero faith. This trailer is certainly not going to convince you otherwise. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I will say that the trailer is very unimpressive. So, well, I guess you, it, I, I thought that would be a longer conversation, but no one saw the damn thing. So <laughs> let, let's hop back to talking about Infinity War stuff and talk about the new Infinity Countdown um, series uh, from Marvel. So, you know, there there is an Infinity Countdown series coming out. And so this week, Marvel um, announced that there's uh, a couple of one shots tying into Infinity Countdown. Um, one of them will feature Darkhawk. One of them will feature... Um, uh, Daredevil. Uh, one of them will feature Captain Marvel, I believe. Um, but they 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 are definitely building up the this Infinity Countdown to what uh, I I'm getting the impression I'm I'm hearing you know mention of Infinity's End. Um, maybe the name of the the crossover, but we'll see. Um, and now they also released this week the Infinity Circuit. So Marvel released an image called the Infinity Circuit that shows where the current uh, Infinity Stones are. So still unaccounted for our mind, soul, and time. The Space Gem is currently with uh, old. Well, I shouldn't say old man Logan, but our, like Wolverine back from the dead. He has the Space Gem. The Power Gem is being guarded by Drax. If anyone read the Guardians of the Galaxy um, recent series finale. You'll know that. And uh, Captain Marvel... Uh, I, so the reality gem looks like Captain Marvel has transported to another dimension. So I guess that is currently uh, being... Um, you know, the reality gem is currently being explored in the pages of Captain Marvel. And it's all building up to this Cap Infinity Countdown uh, storyline that's going on right now. Or actually, I should say, just started this week with Infinity Countdown, Adam Warlock number one. Which I has a, had a hesitation to pick up, Aaron. Yeah, you don't like Mike Allred. I don't like Mike Allred, but I god damn do I love Adam Warlock. As much as I don't like Mike Allred, I love Adam Warlock. <laughs> I uh, I looked at the previews on this because I thought about it, and I didn't like the art. I really hated the I, art. I got to tell you, I, I thought Mike Allred was a perfect match for this book, yeah. and I loved it from beginning to end. I, I will say that. you know, uh, As much of a fan of Mike Allred as I am not, 
Um, his art was perfect in this book, and uh, it's in the it's in the pages of this book that you hear Kang say, "Behold, Infinity's End approaches." So that's yeah. what makes me think that Infinity's End is the end, the name of the crossover, the ultimate crossover that Infinity Countdown is counting down to. Yeah, um, you know, I love Mike Allred's uh, work on Madman, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I love that series. I love I love his artwork there. It is it is you know it's his creator owned project, so uh, of course it fits. And I just I feel like there is sort of that craziness about Adam Warlock that I think is well matched to his style. So I dug it quite a bit. Now, Paul, did you take a good look around Kang's throne room? Did you see that he's got the ultimate nullifier just hanging up on the wall? I did. <laughs> well, you know, he's got he's got all sorts of stuff. He's got, uh, you know, I, I guess Archangel's skeleton in there, uh-huh. Doctor Doom's mask. Did, did you see stuff. the Hulk's pants? The Hulk's pants are hanging up like a flag. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's I, a lot of hidden gems in there. I can see, I can see, you know, keeping trophies, but I just don't know that Hulk's pants are what I'm going to put up on the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, yeah. He, you need those pants. Yeah. So, out of curiosity, do you guys think that these, uh, the countdowns will be all tied together, or will you be able to pick up any of them and have it be a standalone? Um, I think probably a mixture of both. I think you, you will probably be able to... G- to enjoy them on their own, but uh, I think if you're reading the larger story, you'll be uh, you'll appreciate them more. Okay, because let's be honest, I will throw money at pretty much anything Darkhawk shows up in, and that's why I mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I really enjoyed about this book, Paul, was continuity. Um, I liked that they owned the full history of Adam Warlock yeah. in this book that they didn't, you know, cause so many times when you've got a character with such a complicated backstory, they'll just, you know, rewrite the origin, but they did not do that. They completely le- leaned into his very awkward origins in the Thor book, his uh, stories with the high evolutionary uh, all the way up into the Jim Starlin stories that, you know, really the, the popular basis of the character. I, I dug this. I dug how well they incorporated his cocoon into not just the opening pages of the story, but the end of the story. And I won't, uh, I won't spoil anything for anybody who hadn't read the book yet, but I thought that that was beautifully done. I enjoyed that. You know, we, we still lean into the fact that Kang is a couple of different guys, right? He's yeah. Rama Tut back in Egyptian times. He's a mortis uh, at, at, a, at a, a place in the future. Um, I, I like that all of his, we continue the thread of all of his different identities communicating with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I thought this was beautifully written, and I thought that the artwork worked wonderfully for this story. Agreed. It, it is a it is a good book, um, especially if you're a fan of Adam Warlock and his history um, yeah. and, and the cosmic stuff. I mean, this this really fits into the whole Marvel cosmic um, line, and uh, I'm 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 looking forward to to the Infinity Countdown. I think the next the next tale that we're going to get is Infinity Countdown Prime um, later in February, then Infinity Countdown number one in March. Uh, it looks like yeah, Captain Marvel. Daredevil and Darkhawk are in May. Um, so we get, and in fact, the Darkhawk looks like it's a miniseries, a four issue miniseries. Um, so <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> so I, I, yes, I, I am on board for the first issue of Infinity Countdown uh, coming up in, next month. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. 
It's a good start to the series. Agreed. Yeah. So stepping away from Marvel or DC, Aaron, you picked up punchline number five uh, this week from publisher Lone Star Press, uh, written by Bill Williams, art by Matthew Weldon. And, uh, you know, we mentioned this, I believe, on our last podcast or maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, this is um, a 99 cent digital. Uh, I don't know if it, I'm assuming it's digitally exclusive on Comixology that Aaron's uh, gotten all of us into. So what did you, well, me and Wayne anyway, uh, <laughs> what did you think of this book, Aaron? Oh, am I the only one who read it? You didn't pick it up, Paul? No, I read it. I did. But I wanted okay. to get your thoughts first. Sure. Okay. Yeah. We, I just didn't realize it was out this week. Otherwise, I would have picked it up. I, you know, I, I'm going to continue what, I, what I've said previously about the earlier four books. I think this book is beautifully drawn. Yeah. Um, I I love the take on this character. I mean, the, the cover art is on such a, a – a, 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 the level of like an Olivier Copiel. I truly, I truly believe that, and I think the interiors are on par with uh, uh, some of the best talents at, at DC and Marvel. I mean, it is—it's for an indie book. The production values are just fantastic. The art really hits the style art I like too. Yeah, it, very I mean, much in my wheelhouse. The uh, the uh, story in this book reminds me a little bit of Rainsboro. Uh, as we are, yeah. uh, you know, fighting the, the, the giants around the city. Uh, I, I, I dug that. I, I, I don't want to ruin anything for anybody, but there is a nice twist that I've been waiting for, you know, uh, yeah. in this series. And uh, I, I thought that twist was well played. Um, so I, I, I dig it. I, issue five continues to impress me with this series. I just I, I really enjoy it. If you're not reading Punchline and you're a digital comic book reader, go out there and get it. You can pick up all five issues for five bucks. Yep. Uh, it's it's just a terrific thing. And I, I, I'm I have no idea what the plans are for print. My guess is, is that they're going to uh, get all of the 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 digital books from the first art together and maybe print that. Uh, yeah, but that's because just they are that, not exclusively formatted for print. I mean, for digital, correct, I should say. Correct. I mean, they are yeah. formatted for print. So I'm assuming we will get print versions of some point but holy crap it's just a fantastic book yeah i dig it i dig it a lot and um, i appreciate you getting me into it yeah so paul what are you going to get us into next week well you know as as we get into punchline as we get into new things we are experiencing a big ending next week invincible number 144 the final issue of invincible um comes out next week uh double-sized final issue Yep, I'm sure it'll be the first time we've talked about Invincible in a while, but I can't imagine us not wanting to talk about it after it's all over. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about next week's double-sized final issue. Um, in addition to that, we'll have uh, from Marvel Comics uh, the new issue of Captain America. Now, I have been um, singing the praises of Mark Wade and Chris Somney's arc on this storyline. Uh, this is the storyline leading to issue number 700. Now, um, spoiler warnings on, at the conclusion of the previous issue, Captain America was frozen again. No! Well, so now... You know, you know if you keep freezing him, he's going to lose a lot of his texture and flavor. I know, right? Yeah. Well, maybe maybe they will address that in, in, in this upcoming story arc, which features Steve Rogers awakening to find himself in the future. Um, the future! Can he assemble a new band of Howling Commandos to help him battle for freedom? Uh, Mark Wade has said that this story is the exact opposite of Secret Empire and features, huh. um, you know, Captain America at... at 
what you want from Captain America at his most hopeful um, and hope inspiring. And so uh, Out of Time Part 1 starts next week in the pages of Mark Wade and Chris Somney's Captain America. I have there's only been 3 issues. Highly recommend getting caught up on it, especially since Craven was in the last issue and Craven is one of my favorite Marvel villains. Paul, are you saying that this is a story with Captain America as not 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 man out of time? I am I am exactly saying that. <laughs> also from Marvel Comics we'll have the new Kick-Ass starting if you're a Kick-Ass fan um, I'm not picking it up but just in case you are uh, Mark Miller and John Romita Jr. are teaming up to uh, feature a new Kick-Ass um, you know, like a, a, a brand new Kick-Ass taking over the role Talk about a book I'm avoiding at all costs. Yeah, no shit, right? Um, also from Marvel Comics, if you are a fan of Grand Admiral Thrawn in the uh, Star Wars Rebels series or the pages of Timothy Zahn's um, Dark Force Rising uh, trilogy of books, uh, there is a new Star Wars Thrawn miniseries coming out next week, issue one of six, written by Jody Hauser, who wrote the Rogue One adaption, art by Luke Ross. Um, and so I haven't read any Star Wars comics in a while. That might be one that gets me because I like Thrawn. I do too. So I'm I'm curious about it. Um, you know, Wayne, there's a lot of those uh, current run Marvel Star Wars books available free on Comixology Unlimited. You ought to check some of those out. They're pretty good. Oh yeah. So um, that was Marvel, and on DC on the DC side, we're going to get new issues of, of course, Detective Comics, Action Comics, and um, we are getting a Dark. Knight's metal tie-in Dark Knight's Rising The Wild Hunt written by Scott Snyder James Tinian IV Grant Morrison featuring art by Jorge Jimenez Dark Doug Mankey and Howard Porter um, The One Shot answers the question where are the metal men uh, and features uh, the the Dark Knights the, the evil Batman um, returning so uh, if you've been reading Dark Knights uh, you know we talked about how the momentum has died a little bit on that title uh, but I guess we're we're getting a couple more tie-ins to uh, lead the way for the final issue uh, coming. I I believe March or April. Um, Dark Knight's Metal Number Six is currently scheduled for March fourteenth. So, all excellent. Right. Well, ne next week uh, an additional book we'll be talking about next week is a book that came out this week, which is the Swamp Thing Winter Special. Uh, featuring the last Swamp Thing story by Lynn Ween. Uh, if you've already read it, if you've got comments, please call and leave us a voicemail. We'll include it in the show, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, is 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail in the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and we will catch you next week. Bye, everybody. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. 